Welcome to Never Lick the Spoon, the podcast from the Institute for Molecular Science and Engineering at Imperial College London. I'm Isabella von Holstein, and in 2023, I'm going to continue to bring you stories from the teeny tiny world of molecules and how they're being used to solve some of the big challenges facing our planet. I'm also going to highlight some of the inspiring people involved in science and technology across Imperial and further afield. This week we're investigating a type of molecule called a surfactant. These have a polar head, like water, and a non-polar tail, like oil. The dual nature of surfactant molecules mean that they self-assemble into interesting structures. For example, into a ball, with all the tails in the middle and all the heads on the surface. This is called a micelle. Alternatively, they can form a bubble, where the skin of the bubble is a double layer of surfactant molecules, with the tails in the middle of the membrane and the heads on both the inner and outer surfaces of the membrane. These structures are called liposomes, and they work rather like the wall of a living cell. Surfactants can also interact with real living cells. A surfactant that disrupts a cell wall, breaking the cell, can work as an antibacterial agent. So, how fast do surfactants interact with cells, and why does this matter? Cast your minds back to the beginning of the COVID pandemic in 2020, I've been speaking to a group of researchers who started thinking really hard about surfactants at that point. My name is Gunjan Tyagi, and I'm a research associate at the Department of Chemical Engineering. I'm a multidisciplinary researcher. I have a background in biochemistry, biophysics, optics, spectroscopy, medical diagnostics, and now I'm doing molecular engineering and surfactant thermodynamics. That sounds so wide to me. If somebody asks me what's my field, so my field is science now. We really wanted to understand the kinetics of these surfactants. So if you remember that there was a recommendation to wash hands for 20 to 30 seconds, and it was prevalent everywhere. So the rule was released as an advice based on recommendations of Center for Disease Control and Prevention also. There was an inherent quest that why does 20 and 30 seconds? These recommendations are based on few visible and not so controlled studies the mind of like scientists always want to know, can we make this fast? Can we make this more efficient? So here came this idea of photosurfactant into the mind, that what if we incorporate a photoswitch? Photoswitch is usually a molecule that can change its structural geometry or configuration when irradiated with a certain wavelength of light. In order to understand how this would be useful against microbes, we need to take a quick step back and understand how surfactants work at a molecular level. My name is Juan Cabral. I'm a professor of uh, soft matter engineering and chemical engineering at Imperial College London. And I, I'm one of the associate directors of IMSI at Imperial. And overall, our group in chemical engineering works in the molecular design of formulations, often in partnership with industry. There does seem to be an internal timescale for these things to work. The surfactant molecules are not small. You know, above a certain concentration, this uh, critical micelle concentration, they assemble into micelles. And so they are not fast movers. There's one aspect uh, of this timescale that comes from simply molecular diffusion. How quickly can a molecule get from point A to B? And that depends on the molecular structure. And uh, But also depends on whether it's swimming solo or swimming as a micelle, as an ensemble. And these micelles can have you know, hundreds of molecules, and of course they move much more slowly. 
but then there's also um, kind of an energetic time scale, if you wish, which is that the molecules need to will need to extract themselves from these agglomerates, from the micelles, and then move to the interface and do their job. There are molecules that are particularly good at inserting themselves into membranes, which could be membranes of bacteria or viruses or indeed other micelles. So there are molecules that seem to play this game of what's called desorption and adsorption. So they pop in and out of of a membrane of these similar molecules of surfactants or phospholipids. So Gunjan's idea was, once the molecule has gone in, could I make it change its molecular property such that it will blow the whole structure up? And so the the link with the Trojan horse is, I I think, quite appropriate here. And the trigger to to be able to do that could be lots of triggers. You know, uh, these molecules that change conformation, they can do that for a a number of reasons. Uh, temperature could be a switch, you know, there could be a thermodynamic switch, for example, by a new environment that makes them change. But the photo switch is attractive because it's very fast and it can be applied externally. And um, it seems kind of practically viable. So how do you actually develop a new surfactant molecule that can absorb light energy in order to transform from one shape into another? Back to Gunjan. It was a collaboration between chemical engineers and synthetic chemists, material chemists, and biologists also. The, the idea was to, to understand that, first of all, the switching mechanism of these molecules. So when you irradiate these molecules with light, they, they, they convert, their configuration changes from trans to cis. The kinetics and the isomerization ability was done by UV visible spectroscopy. Then was the point to understand the geometry of these molecules. What is the impact of the light on the on the final structures by the the techniques, small angle neutron scattering and small angle X-ray scattering? These are the two techniques which are highly suited to understand the structural changes on the molecules of these length scales. After establishing this, we really wanted to understand whether this whole process of isomerization and change in their structure and geometry, is it doing something meaningful to our goal? Is it actually having some effect on the microbial membranes? We thought that liposomes can act as a really good experimental system for us to understand their effective membrane. And the interesting part here is we have incorporated a dye inside of the liposomes. The idea for incorporating dye inside the liposomes is that that means when we put these liposomes in contact with our light-triggered and untriggered surfactant molecules, we really wanted to see that how fast they're able to disrupt the liposome membrane. And while the dye was enclosed inside the membrane, the, the release of the dye would guide us. And we could see that the surfactant, which has been irradiated with light, performed quite better than the normal molecules, normal soft molecules, and also from the one which has not been irradiated with light. Next, I talked to the people who actually made the new photoswitching molecule. So my name is Professor Matt Fuchter. I'm a professor of chemistry at Imperial College London. Um, My group have a broad array of interests, but mostly we're interested in using targeted molecular design to develop and synthesize useful functional systems that we pursue in a range of different application areas. 
My group have had a key interest for some time in the, the design of novel photoswitchable molecules. We've been studying these for quite some time and learned a lot about how we can design and tune these switches to optimize their performance. Part of the journey is really understanding whether they still switch well under distinct environments. When you design and synthesize these switches, you tend to characterize them in dilute solution as effectively isolated molecules. Um, but as soon as you move to systems where they're self-assembled, so you have a close proximity of one molecule to another molecule, that sometimes can have quite dramatic outcomes on, on their performance. And A's are benzenes, which are kind of the parent switch that our designs originally originated from. They've been studied a little bit in this environment. First and foremost, I was really, really happy to see that uh, our switches still work really well it, within this application. Their ability to selectively convert them from one state to another with light and then the thermal stability of both those structural states is really good for our switches. What was also really interesting is the fact that you could get this reversible change you know, in the shape uh, of the micelle as a function of the switch state, because why a photo switch is important is it's a reversible process. You can switch the molecule back and forth between these two states. So it was really nice to see that that can be incorporated into my cells and see this dynamic change in their shape and size. I know something that was important to Gunjan was was thinking about, you know, release of things. So using this as a, a dynamic release system. That's one of many potential applications that one could think about to, to effectively use a reversible or controlled release of some kind of cargo within a micelle delivery system. But there are many ways that these new molecules might have a major impact. Here's another one. Recently, also, World Health Organization has raised concern about the lack of innovation in antimicrobial strategies that should have unconventional mode of action. So when you say conventional mode of action, either we are having the soap and surfactant molecules, which we have seen have failed miserably due to their slow action. Second line of action is antimicrobial agents. These work on a certain metabolite of a microbe that eventually leads to some mutations in, in, in the genetic material. And finally, you're just going towards antimicrobial resistance. As a result of our own consequence of using antimicrobial products, we are facilitating the, the survival of more resistant germ populations, which are more hard to clean. So we we need to come out with a with some middle grounds where we can make the actions of surfactants more efficient by some unconventional mode of action, and they are not limited by their action on certain metabolite of a microbe. We can vision some molecules that can work in visible light. Then it will be more practical usage if a molecule can be triggered and with a good enough half-life, and it can stay in the radiated state under the influence of the visible light or the infrared light, that could be possible. We can use them in hand washes, like you can have smart bathrooms or smart washrooms in the coming years when you have a small LED light on the top of your tap. So you, you wash your hands under the lights of, say, a second or two, and you, you know that you are clean. One of the potential applications of these photosurfactant could be to, to deal with biofilms, which are very difficult to, to remove by normal soaps and surfactants. But when you put a lot of surfactant, these molecules together, and they flip from one state to other state, they change from trans to cis, they are kind of performing a mechanical action also. 
and that could exfoliate enough solubilization of the membrane that can help the biofilm detach from the surface so it would be a really good potential application of these photosurfactant molecules so let's start thinking like an engineer start with cost how expensive are these photoswitchable surfactants to produce because they have these complicated switches that are responsive they are going to be costly at least in relative terms compared to less functional surfactants or this because as you would expect the, 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 the existing detergent molecules are either naturally derived and so they are cheapest chips they'll have a lower environmental footprint plus i mean over time we've selected those to be biodegradable or they use a, a well established synthetic route very few steps often that gives plethora of different molecules some have longer chains some have shorter chains typically a surfactant molecule like this could be a mixture of 10 to 20 very similar molecules what gunjan also showed is that simply doping these existing molecules with the fancy responsive molecule was also a viable strategy the photoswitchable molecules will undergo the same changes in the presence of the normal form of the surfactant and even if we're using these in very small quantities how could we minimize their environmental impact increasingly we shift these formulations to become more sustainable these relatively complicated chemistries pass through our hands over perhaps 20 or 30 seconds everything will go straight down the wastewater streams these are products that are whose use is often quite short lived it's not only us i mean the industry as a whole and academia increasingly are thinking more holistically about the entire life cycle of these where they harvested they're used over such a short time and then very rapidly uh, discarded and so this idea of doing things by design and from first principles is now i think really more pressing than ever thank you to gunjan tiagi joao cabral and matt fukta the project they were collaborating on was partly supported by seed funding from imsi in 2021 and it was published in the journal of the american chemical society gold in 2022 link in the episode description I don't know about you, but I found 20 to 30 seconds felt like a very long time when I was carefully and frequently washing my hands during the pandemic. I can really understand how having a surfactant that worked more quickly would help more people with hand hygiene. But these light switchable molecules have multiple potential applications beyond the medical. It's going to be interesting to see how other scientists take the capabilities demonstrated in this pilot study and apply them to other fields. Watch this space. Share your thoughts with us on Twitter at imperial underscore imsi, or email us at imsi at imperial.ac.uk. Until next time, take care, and remember, never lick the spoon.